Tuesday night, sideline sports. As you know, we got Jake Malik, Judge here, and Dave DeRocher here. Got a lot of topics tonight. We got the Bears making the, the trade to the Panthers for the number one pick. The Jets and Aaron Rodgers. The Giants possibly getting Waller, which is going through now. The Ramsey trade. Who knows what else? But we're going to start off with we're going to start off with Cindy Crane. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. We have some interesting topics to discuss with her. Uh, welcome to the show, Cindy. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys. Yeah, we appreciate oh, you coming on. Absolute pleasure. You, you you picked the right time to be here with all of the stuff that's going on in the NFL. And JB, let's kick it off. No joke. So one of the things we spoke about before you came on the air that you deal with that, you know, it's right up Dave's alley. So I'm sure Dave's going to have a lot of questions as we talk is the transition piece from players that are in the league to when they retire and the thought process and what happens through that whole time period where they go from, you know, NFL players, some superstars to, um, you know, regular, regular people, regular people with, you know, ordinary lives. So uh, tell us, you know, what, what you do and how you would help someone or, you know, the process that someone would go through in that situation. Yeah. I, I feel like I have to share a little bit of my background. I a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've done a lot of work with hospice. Um, so naturally that brings about grief and loss and all the complexities that come with that. Um, but my passion is sports and sports psychology. And so I think taking grief and applying it to a broader context, like sports, specifically with professional athletes in the NFL, there's a lot of stuff out there that I found as far as D1 athletes and transitioning out of college sports and what they might do after college. Um, but this is the NFL, right? This is their career. This is their livelihood. And so Different. what happens when they're making that transition away from probably one of the only things they've ever known. Um, Something they've been training for their whole lives probably, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think there's different pieces to it. You can look at the transition that's voluntary, like, all right, you know, I'm done. I'm ready to retire and be with my family, like what Tom Brady decided to do. Uh, or there's people who make the transition maybe um, involuntarily due to injury or not getting picked up by a team. And so my focus, you know, with my research is to look at what coping mechanisms and what supports are already in place or maybe not in place. And Dave, we talked a little bit about this, um, but really, I think in a broader context, kind of breaking this stigma narrative that I think is still really prevalent of mental health, because that's what it is at the core um, and helping these guys transition smoothly. And if they need to ask for help as far as what that transition looks like and getting adequate support, um, normalizing that. Well, you know, I'll tell you one thing, uh, Cindy, that uh, I've experienced is, um, you know, football players <laughs> aren't always uh, uh, thought of as having uh, a very high IQ, uh, you know, and so it's like just a bunch of dumb guys running around on a field and getting paid a lot of money. So when they do leave, it's almost like they carry that with them. It's like everyone's going to think I'm an idiot because I played football. And what I have found is, man, I'll tell you, when you get to that high level, 
there's a lot of athletes that are exceptional athletes that can't make a team because they can't figure out the playbook. I mean, there's there's a lot that goes on to that game that people just have no clue about. Um, and, uh, you know, so that imposter syndrome thing is one of those things is that I'm not good enough. And I, I can tell you that there's three Hall of Fame guys I know of personally that that's just were on a couch and were paralyzed. And one, I will say his name because he actually states it in the movie, is um, um, Tony Gonzalez, Hall of Fame tight end, greatest ever play, and struggled because he just didn't know what to do. You know, so everyone thinks, oh, these guys have all their money. Well, money doesn't buy you happiness. Money doesn't give you a purpose, you know. It, it affords you to lay on the couch if you want to. But, man, you know, there's so much missing. And so what, what we're recognizing and folks like you are doing are helping us cope with that and give us some tools with it. Yeah. The right. other piece, too, JB, that I really liked and I, I think kind of drew me into this conversation was the way that you interview folks, right? And I think we can play a role in that as fans, as reporters, as journalists, and how we ask our questions to these players and recognizing they're humans outside of the football field, um, outside of the football arena. They have other identities. Um, so, to kind of, yeah, JB, I was really moved by the interview that you shared. John, and John the before, you, of the question. before yeah. you jump in, Thank I just you. got to ask Dave one question. Dave, we didn't ask you yet what kind of tacos you got today, man. We don't know. Oh. I gotta, this has to be addressed. That's all. Just lighthearted. Got to know. That's a, just... I'm, I'm just swallowing a langua, a langua taco. Right. He had food in his mouth, and you just had to ask him, Jake. <laughs> I'm like the pesky waiter. It's I come up at the worst time. Langua is delicious. Side story, my theory is every single time you're eating at a restaurant, the waiter or waitress will only ask you if Uh you need something when your mouth is full. When food in your mouth. That's my theory. That is a long-held theory I agree with. And it goes through every single time. And And Dave, real quick. When you're you're talking to an offensive lineman, the the odds are you're going to be asking me something with food in my mouth. And and Dave, I, I will say this. Good for you that you'll eat that because you said that's cow tongue. Uh, I hold a rule in my house. Um, I will not taste or eat things that can taste me back. So good on you. I'm glad you're enjoying that. Yep. Uh, good for you. I could never. I've tried it once, and I think it is one of the most disgusting things ever. On that mm. note, Sydney, yeah. I wanted to ask you real quick. You know, with, I want to talk about Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and I want to know from you know your opinion, A, what what has Tom Brady gone through already or continuing to go through rather? But more importantly, Aaron Rodgers, who's trying to figure out his future, he's gone to this darkness retreat, done this whatever, right? And I'll make my complaints about him later. Um, his I, I wish list wasn't opinion. fulfilled. Yeah, I, I would love to get your opinion on just like everything that's going on with those two players. Yeah, I, Any I feel – I'll say that I, I feel for Tom Brady, you know, this being his only losing record in his over two decades of playing as a starter, this, his only losing when he was record starting, I think going out like that, I think is, is tough. Um, and so, yeah, there's rumors, you know, is he going to come back maybe to get some kind of redemption or to, for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, but he went through a lot off the field. I think that definitely translated to what happened oh, on yeah. the field. And I, I do wonder what life looks like for him now um as a therapist i'm a little biased and so i would hope that after 20 plus years of playing in the nfl and again this being the only career and maybe the only identity that he's known for so long outside of obviously being a dad and and a husband 
but this being his primary identity, I, I wonder what that transition has looked like for him. I hope that he's getting support that he needs and um, I wish him all the best, but I think it's tough. No doubt. I, I yeah. definitely think that it, what happened off the field translated oh, I'm um, sure. to how he played yeah. and, and the team dynamic this year. Um, and then Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rogers. I think, <laughs> yeah, different story. I, was doing a little bit of research on him and you know him <laughs> messing with some of the psychedelics in the past couple of years and yeah he's done I, that I, but it was neat you know I was looking into that the reason for him doing that and kind of dabbling in these different medicines um, was to really find himself and find a sense of purpose and connect and really find meaning with other people and in his relationships so I have to respect that um, I think self-care takes many different shapes and forms and whether it's the most admirable thing whether it's legal or not i don't think that's for us to decide if it helped him great and it, yeah if it improves his performance <laughs> great um but i did find it really interesting like yeah i think most people have the question where is this coming from like why is this dude doing this um, yeah. but when i was reading more about it it, it, it was interesting it I, seemed like it was more of this finding his his purpose and identity yeah. uh. So let me just pose this, and this will go to really Sydney and, and Dave as a former player. You could probably maybe touch on this. But we all know Aaron Rodgers has this really big ego. And if you ever listen to him speak, I'm not saying that it's not true, but it automatically now puts everything he says into question for me. Like, I hear him speak, and I don't just take him at his word. I go, let me think about what he just said, because he's got a tendency to be, you know, a little egotistical maybe. Do you think that that was – somewhat true but maybe also a little bit of a lie in there like you know maybe he was just doing drugs because he just wanted to do drugs and he found a way to say well this makes me look better so let me describe it as such as opposed to that not to say that there's not a bit of truth to that but do you think maybe there's a little bit of a a gray area where eh, maybe some true maybe some not true i i would say this when, when have you noted known aaron Rodgers to care what anybody thinks I think he's going to say whatever he, he, yeah. he feels like saying. You know, I will I will say this, guys. You know, the way guys are portrayed, you know, they, they can sit in front. Of, you guys know that. You guys do interviews. You, a guy sits with you for 30 minutes and you show five minutes. You choose what you show, you know, especially in an in in interview. I remember doing interviews and, man, I was not pontificating and I was talking and I was on point. And then they show on the news clip, uh, 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 you know, I'm like, <laughs> that, that two really? seconds where you screw up. Really? Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, you know, what they're showing is what they want the people to, to see. I Same. saw him, you know, here at a fundraising event over the weekend, you know, loving on kids, playing flag football for a charity fundraiser. My buddy played with him. He's throwing darts. They're I mean, you, you don't fake that. He was just out there having fun. He was Absolutely. rolling around and just having fun, raising money and being with people and interacting. You know, if you're a jerk, uh, you don't do that. I, I, I've seen jerk and I've seen jerks at events and they are jerks there too. You know, he, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know uh, what we're, what we're seeing is hundred percent. It's just, I think sometimes he's just a little fed up and, and just doesn't put a whole lot of effort into an interview. Yeah, I mean, Dave's hundred percent right with, yeah. we choose what we show. I mean, yeah. at the combine, I had a uh, guy that didn't understand a question. I could easily have aired that, but it doesn't make us look good. It doesn't make him look good because he answered the question once he understood what it meant. That's all that mattered. You know, we're not here to make people look bad. Yeah. You know, everyone no, wants right. what's, what's best to get the most views, but 
at the same time, they forget that players are people, you know, and, and they take that out of the equation where, why do I want to make somebody look bad? I want to build a relationship with them so that hopefully, you know, down the road, we can speak with them again and again. Who knows what they're going to do? I mean, imagine when Tom Brady got drafted in the sixth round, you know, if we had a clip of him and he said something stupid and we aired it and that was it, he would never speak to us again. You know, yeah. who would be the idiot for that? You know, that would be us. Yeah. But, but no, at the same fair. time, you know, you just it doesn't make sense to do no. things like that. I, I, I'm not disagreeing. I just ask because we all have our opinions about Aaron Rodgers and he is a character to say the least at the at the very least. Mm-hmm. Figure, you know, pose the question. Curious what everybody thinks, especially in this, uh, I'll call it an interesting time of his life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my question about no, Brady, no. though, a guy that walks away and retires, sure. he's done it all. He's won how many Super Bowls? What what makes him, you know, have that need to have to come back? I mean, he gave basically lost his family for it. You know, I, I would imagine it wasn't money. It wasn't, no. you know. Winning, he's going to make more money as a broadcaster than he ever did in football, right, so, and you know so that. What, what's behind the, the psychological aspect that made him have to come back? Guys, it's it, it's unexplainable yeah. to be in to be in a locker room to be put. I mean, in the fire in front of seventy thousand people, five million people watching, however many, whatever it is. And and to persevere and to, you know, it is it's, it's tough. It's 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 a void. So it doesn't matter how much. I guess getting back to it, it doesn't matter how much money a guy has or how successful he is. When he leaves, there's still that void. It's, I, I think even more so. The more success you have, man. Can you imagine that dude waking up and 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 every day being Tom Brady and having a jersey and all that stuff? Now now he's walking on the street and there's flip flops and it's, you know, he's still Tom Brady, but he's not. The time, he's not like leading. He's not currently. He does, you know. And he's that, not currently like, lighting up the lead, Tom Brady. He's yeah. civilian Tom Brady, if you will, former yeah. athlete Tom Brady, trying to live life. No longer it, a superhero. Yeah. So, so yeah. how does somebody like yourself, Cindy, and then Dave with your um, foundation? How do the two of you help? I mean, not Tom Brady per se, but any athlete transition from that to just being, you know, somebody out in the world. I think acknowledging the grief first and foremost. And I think a lot of times, you know, people think of grief and loss and they associate it with somebody dying. Um, But you can apply it to a whole bunch of things, divorce, leaving a career, leaving a profession, whatever. Um, And so I think, you know, I was sitting across from Tom and working with him and helping him transition a life after the sport. Um, But I really want to know like what his passion is and what his goals are now, um, which were, would probably be a different answer than if I were to ask him, you know, last year, two years ago, 10 years ago, um, it's not football oriented anymore. And I would imagine that a lot of this identity for him moving forward is tied to family um, and maybe solidifying some of the relationships that are in his circle, um, being intentional with the people around him um so really just rebuilding this identity around what he wants for himself moving forward and i think being a broadcaster or um you know whatever he decides to do next i guess he won't start until next season um is great and maybe a way to kind of keep part of that identity close to him 
That's what I was uh, thinking was that's a way to bridge the gap a little bit and still be involved, but not on the field necessarily. So maybe. Yeah. Well, but to, not I, totally I think, stepping I, away from it. I think Sydney made a great point. And it's, it's, it's reevaluating yourself and giving you an entirely different set of goals rather than the de facto. Everyone already knows he's going to be an announcer. He's been picked into as being an announcer. Well, what if he doesn't want yeah. to be an announcer? Well, no, he already signed a contract, so he doesn't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, but I know no. what you mean. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that's what he wants to do. You know how many guys yeah. I talk to that are doing stuff that they don't want to do, that they that's hate, fair. because they don't know, you know, they get, become a financial planner, they become a coach. Uh, they become, you know, it's just those de facto things that we just do um, right. rather than sit, like Cindy was suggesting, self-assess and set a whole new set of goals because everything we've done has been goal-oriented and we have attained it, attained it, attained it. Well, you know what? What do you want to do? Not given to you. Yeah, here's $50 million. Come show up on Fox. Talk about the game. Have some popcorn. No. So- set a goal. What, what, what do you want to do and be the best at again. And then you now you have purpose to her point is that's what we need. And that's what a lot of guys miss. And so actually like when we were at radio row, JB and I met a lot of athletes, former athletes that are interested in doing what we're doing right now, but they actually don't know how to get into it, get started. Even though they have all the money in the world, they don't know how to get started. They don't know where to get started. We've met a lot of athletes. Oh, we met you, Dave. Like, there's a lot of former athletes that surprisingly want to do what we're doing right now. They just they just don't know how to. And, uh, I mean, that's why Sideline Sports exists, you know. If you want to be a former this athlete, join Sideline Sports, go right good ahead. Plug, John. Shameless good plug. plug. That was good. I respected that. I was I was really hoping that's where you were going to go with that. And if <laughs> you didn't, I was going to do it. I'm I was like, John, person. I was like, if you don't shameless plug right now, I'm going to have to do it for you. But good, good call on that. I, and I agree. That's, you know, that's but it's the things. truth. Like, yeah, no, JP and I spoke with a lot of athletes that just say yeah. like, Hey, I want to, I want to talk about what I know about the game. I want people yeah. to hear what I have to say, but I don't know how to get started. And it's like, you have all this money and you, you could go to any of these outlets, but it's just crazy that they, they really don't have any idea. And then you just, they just need it's a not their world, John. It's not their world. I get yeah. it. That's why it's so impressive what yeah. Dave does, you know, and when if when I got the chance to interview on Radio Row and I actually found out more about your foundation. And I mean, you don't just do it with players, you do it with, you know, uh people that have been incarcerated, veterans, you know, you've got over that what doesn't to me that's important because we all go through that. We all have transitions from one thing in our life to the other. It's not just an athlete. And you know, it, who knows what they want to do next? Not everyone knows this is what I want to do. This is what I want in a life. It's hard. Yeah, it's just hard. You know, it's, it can be overwhelming. It's all that you guys know to an extent. You know, Dave, I'm sure you can agree. It's all you know to an extent for most of your life, especially That's if you anybody in any about, career. But, anybody but in saying, any like, job, right? But, but what I, I guess my point is like, you don't, John, for example, you don't grow up expecting to be a doctor when you're like two years old but when you're you know you plan to be in football your parents are handing you that football let's go at that you know what i mean and so that's what i mean like they literally train every day of their life so i think it's a little it, it i don't disagree that it's similar i just think to an extent it's a little different you know but it, the point as a whole yeah it's it's all they know it, it kind of you know is it's ingrained it's 
I guess it depends on how much emotional investment you have into it as well. I mean, if, if you really love what you're doing and then you stop doing it again, like I worked in social work, like I, it just didn't pay enough for me, unfortunately to raise a family, but I loved helping like adults that have autism. I loved it. Like that was, that meant the world to me, but. See, there you go. (laughs) That's awesome. Mom Mom said that to me. How old were you? Starting young. Four, uh, five. No, uh, I had to be at least second grade at that house, so okay. it probably uh, was right about second grade. All right, but That's I still, thought that was kindergarten. Point, point, nonetheless, proven. You know, you are a young kid, and there you go. You're, you're in the trenches already. It's, it's Dave. Just I'm curious. Do you did you experience like I think of like grief and all the different emotions that go with it, like the sadness, the shame, the questioning, the anger. So yeah, some of these dogs going nuts. I don't have a dog. I unfortunately have cats, but I don't have a dog. I, I, I'm going to get Sydney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I heard, I, I, I'm not sure I didn't hear the whole question. Yeah. I'm, I was curious your experience, if you're comfortable sharing it, kind of putting you on the spot. But like, the, I think of the emotions that are associated with grief when you're losing something, the sadness, the bargaining, anger, um, do you feel like maybe in hindsight any of those came up for you when you were oh, leaving the sport? Indeed, I, you know, my second season, I'm starting the entire preseason, um, and I, I get a, a just a quirky injury, and uh, and it was one that could repeat. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm selling cars, and I went from being told I'm going to be there forever to selling cars, and and yeah, it was that was painful to watch guys I knew I was better than. You know, and then the the opportunity came up for me to play in Montreal. I played two seasons. I had an opportunity to go to camp, but at that time we weren't making a whole lot of money. Now, I mean, when I say well, not a whole lot of money, you know, it was 1991, and it was like 250 thousand. You know, I mean, league minimum was 60, so there were a few less zeros. You know, and so I had a job offer to make what I could make playing football, and I walked away on my terms. But it was still difficult to just go, gee could I have, would I have, you know, and, uh, but I tell you today, oh my gosh, I thank God that I didn't keep doing it because I talked to my brothers, my age that did do the seven, eight, nine years. And I am, I, I, I feel for them. I feel for them. And this game is not an easy game and it's not good on our brains nor our body. Cindy, I want to thank you for taking the time. Cindy Crane, licensed marriage and family therapist. If you could tell everybody where they can find you and, about the other project that you had? Uh... Yeah, so I'm on Twitter, really active on Twitter. You know that, JB. Um, Sydney Aaron 92 I'm on Facebook, Sydney Crane. Um, yeah, little plug with my book from my hospice work. It's just, it's a resource it's called I'm on Hospice to help kiddos, families understand what a terminal illness is um, and how to navigate the hospice experience um, and what different team members roles look like with hospice. So. I really appreciate it. Appreciate y'all letting me join. It takes a strong person to be able to to write and talk about that. It takes a very strong person. So I respect that. We definitely appreciate you taking the time. You know, it was, I think you and Dave, you know, brought a lot to the table with this conversation so we could experience and learn a lot about it. So thank you so much for your time. Look forward to speaking with you again. Yeah, I'll be in touch with you, Cindy, for sure. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. So we we're going to go right into our next guest. He's not uh, here right was, now. Oh, okay. He was here. He's not. I don't know where he went. 
Yeah, I know. Oh, oh here he oh, is. Never mind. There he is. Okay, Raphael. Go, there you go. We're gonna go right into He's Raphael. We're gonna bring him in a few minutes early. That's all right. Give Raphael, him welcome to the show. How you been? Pretty good, pretty good. I heard some of Dave's thing, uh, Dave's uh, answer for the question before I got cut off. That was very interesting. I was kind of upset that I got cut off. I wanted to hear. Uh, you, you lost us. Hey, I wanted to hear a situation. Uh, I, I never went pro, but I can relate when I had my first heart attack playing basketball in uh, freshman year uh, in high school, saying that I was going to play all four years. And then next thing you know, I'm watching all my friends play. play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. That's got to be difficult. To, with an injury, it's, you know, because it's not on your terms. So I yeah, definitely can understand, different. you know, how that would be a completely different situation, a lot harder to deal with. But I benefited I benefited from that because I would have never in a million years got into the numbers side of sports and Same. statistics and odds and betting and stuff like that because uh, I would have never been introduced to that because uh, so I kind of I benefited from that. Sorry everything happens for a reason. Even though eight heart surgeries later, that's, that's something you don't want to benefit from. Hey, you're still here, aren't you? You're st yeah. Still here. Uh, most of those, out. most of those, because I'm a Cubs fan. Most of those uh, heart surgeries <laughs> because I'm a Cubs fan. <laughs> Cub financial tomorrow night. I, I, I need right. it. I need to jump in on a Wednesday. So Wednesday yes. sometimes can be very uh, hectic. I speak for them. They'd love to have you. I know that. Every, every Wednesday at ten, you're always you're always welcome. Making so, the playoffs this year, baby. I think so. I, I have an outside shot at it. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about that as we get to the season. But you know, we got the NCAA tournament coming up, and I know you're a numbers guy. And you know, so what are we looking for this week for you know the to make some money? Uh, always, always look for that twelve five seed, the twelve seed to upset. It happens every every year. I think we're gonna have maybe a two seed go down. I would not be shocked if we see a two seed uh, uh, go down. And I'm gonna give you one. Take Princeton. Take the plus points against uh, Arizona. Arizona has a hard time with Pac-12 offenses. What are they going to do with the pick and roll being shoved in their face uh, game after play after play after play? Uh, that's a hard offense to uh, guard on defense. Uh, I, I like Princeton. Uh, would not shock me to upset uh, uh, Arizona. So I, I would say take the points. If you're looking for a long shot just to maybe keep on advancing, St. Mary's. I mean, they got the best freshman uh, basketball player right now. The reason why we don't hear about him because uh, those guys at ESPN would tell me because he's white. That's why we're not hearing about him. If it was a, if it was something else, we would hear something totally different. Uh, Stephen A. Smith maybe talking a little bit more about him, but I think St. Mary's can pull off some upsets and maybe uh, get into the playoff. I don't think we'll see a number one. The only way we see a number one seed go down. And that's why this is the first time, and I look back for past 10 years, the first time we don't have a favorite four, four to one or lower to win a tournament. If the last the two favorites are Houston and Kansas and both five to one, everybody else is double digits, either 12, 14, beyond. We don't have that clear favorite. Houston, they're not healthy. They could have made some noise. Kansas, how healthy is Bill Self? He didn't even coach the whole uh, tournament. He was in the hospital. So those guys, uh, Texas beat them by 20. That's why they probably are in the West and not at Kansas City playing uh, in their tournament. So UCLA got banged up. So I would not be shocked if we see somebody 15 or 1 or higher cutting down mm. the nuts. All right. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. It is. And real quick, I have to ask you, because it's a topic that we're going to be talking about in just a moment. I have no idea up. where Aaron Rodgers is going. No, but I do want to ask you. I do want to ask what are the odds that you guys have up? 
you know, for retirement Jets and Packers, what are the odds looking like? What are the, and what are the people betting on? I'm just curious. We took it down. I got a phone call late, really? late, late this afternoon that uh, it's pretty, the ink is dry. They're just waiting for him to get all his friends there, kind of move some uh, move some things around and get some other people there. I heard the yeah. only hiccup is OBJ. That's the yep. only thing yep. that I heard yep. that's not on his Christmas uh, a wish, wish list, list. Is, yeah. is, is OBJ. We'll I think I think everybody else, and I don't think OBJ goes there. I think he goes no. somewhere else uh, besides the Jets. But uh, I heard today okay. that the ink is pretty much there. I right. think maybe the, the eye's not dotted, or, or, or maybe he's still smoking something. <laughs> he won't be able to pass a drug test right now. So, uh, <laughs> so I think, but everything else points to uh, a New York Jets. Okay. All right. There you go. I, okay. I personally figured that was going to be you know the case but i wasn't sure what the what the lines say so and it's funny that most a lot of these nfl reporters they contact us too just like we contact them i have people i and i and i tell them and other people in my industry we don't we don't mention shefty's names and all that because that's just not how we want to keep that relationship because sometimes we can get information that Uh, helps us out not like them or we other reporters saying oh shefty just broke this or Wojo just broke this. I we we, uh, we always say per sources. I never I never mention sources of my names. Uh, and stuff but you like got that. sources telling you that. Uh, uh, yeah, I got some really good New York, really good New York sources. Okay. Uh, I don't need to know who. Aaron Rodgers would not be folding a pizza down uh, New York. That's what I, the sources I wrote. Okay. Again, I, I've heard all the stories saying, you know, he's just got to make a decision, and I understand that, but. Wasn't cur- I was curious. What I mean, you, there what is an announcement. I mean, there is a show that he's going to be on at 1 p.m. tomorrow. Apparently, tomorrow. it's a big announcement. So maybe he reveals it tomorrow at one. So, now I can't say I can't I can't say Pat McAfee's one of my sources. He used to work for me over at uh, my he bookie. He used to work so, for you. Yeah, he used to work for us at my bookie. He used to do a lot oh, of stuff for social oh, media and stuff. Wow. When he left Barstool, he. Came with us, did a lot of stuff with yeah. us, and then Look at that, that. Pat McAfee, friend of yeah. the sideline yeah. sports program, friend of a friend, regard, yeah. friend of a friend. This is right. before he got that Fanduel money. I don't, I don't yeah. have well, it. I don't, don't have that. that. I want Fanduel that. Money. I want that Fanduel money. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. So, with with this whole thing happening, what are the odds? You know that the media will force Aaron Rodgers to retire before you know the end of the preseason. You're terrible. <laughs> I think he'll play a full season. Now, if they tank it or he can't handle the New York uh, press, I would not be shocked if he's one and done. Uh, that would not uh, okay. shock me. So you think uh, he'll be all. pulling a Brett Favre possibly? Okay. I I, I don't you know, know if he's going to expose anything like Brett Favre I, did, but uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I continue yeah. to joke he's kind of going down the path as we speak. You know, all this time with the Jet with uh, the Packers. Now he's going to the Jets. All he's got to do is got to do two more things. He's got to go to the Vikings. And he's got to do a lot of really illegal stuff. He's got to get knocked out in the NFC Championship, knocked out, you know, conscious in the NFC Championship. But I'm talking about career path, career path, you know. Yeah, it's it's great. I've been doing all these interviews today about March Madness and then an NFL question. But then I've been watching, been doing a lot of WBC interviews, like at 2 in the morning and and, uh, all over the the United States. And everyone's talking about WBC. But here in the United States, we have to force-fed NFL football. 365 days a year where okay. Japan's dancing on the dugouts, throwing free hot dogs to their fans, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. It's just a great time of year. As in, in my industry, which you're up late at night watching baseball and then up early to see where Aaron Rodgers is doing. It's a great time of year for the rest of us. We're, we're loving it. This is It's a busy time of the year, and you know what? 
I don't think anybody else on this panel would say, oh, that sucks. I think we all agree. I, nice. I just think I like Super Bowl it. Monday should be a holiday. I agree. Thursday or Friday should be holiday. I think I this mean, whole tampering period from Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday should be a Silly. holiday too. Give Silly. us these three days that we're trying just to enjoy. Trying to enjoy the you know the free agency and the yeah. I don't think tampering. NFL. I don't three think three days off. I don't work. think Super Bowl Monday should be a holiday, but I do think Thursday, oh, Friday should be days off for the tournament because they've done studies of how many people are not actually doing nothing uh, at work during March Madness, watching a game under your computer or finishing their brackets or or looking no, at their pools. That they've done studies that no one does any work Thursday and Friday March Madness. To be fair, Monday they're hung over. Any work anyway. Hey, Rafi, what's what's uh, what are odds on San Diego on the Aztecs? In the tournament. Uh, uh, last time I checked, I think there were twenty-two to one. I like to say I like the Aztecs. I mean, if you're an Aztec, oh, you are an Aztec fan. This yeah. is a rare Aztec fan uh, uh, team that they have. They normally don't put up the points like they do, almost averaging seventy-four points a game. They usually ride on defense and defense, defense. only. So yeah. this is a great, great Aztec team. I think the Mountain West can surprise. It would not shock. We all know Nevada was the last team selected in the team of uh, uh, in the sixties. Would not shock me if Nevada and Steve Alford. Uh, win a game tomorrow, and, and maybe win a game. But I like the Aztecs. They're going to be a hard, hard out because they play offense, not just yeah. their defense. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, well Raphael, I definitely want to thank you beautiful. for taking a few minutes to come in to give us some great insight on the tournament and uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation. Uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Real quickly, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at VSI Doc Sports and also my uh, new Twitter and new website, You Can Bet That. You can also find me on Instagram, Rafael Esparza. You can find my crazy odds over at my bookie and BetUS. You can also find me uh, all over the place. Just Google search me. You can find me all over. And uh, thanks for having me on. I love doing the show. I actually had to pause. I had to pause Shazam. I'm watching a new Shazam movie because I'm grading prop bets Ooh, right nice. now. So, uh, so I had to pause it. And uh, so it was good. It's, so far, it's a good little break. See- yeah. The first one was good, so I hope the second yes. one's good. A lot of yes. surprise actors in this one. Yeah, I'm right, well, don't say anything. I'm keep, watch keep your lips sealed. Don't say anything. I won't Shasha say anything. Hollywood understands we are more important than Shazam. Yeah, <laughs> That's correct. It's, so. Exactly. I mean, if this was Oscar Monday or Oscar Sunday, I probably wouldn't be able to do or anything. Saturday Maybe the Razzie Saturday. Razzie Saturday, I'll be able to jump on. <laughs> well, thank you again, Raphael. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week, man. Go Aztecs. Go Mountain West. Let's see a West Coast team cut the okay. nets down. I like that. Go Aztecs. Take it easy, guys. Have a yeah, great day. All right, JB, where do we want to go? Which topic do we want to hit on first? So we got a let's, lot. Let's start with the the biggest trade of the week, I think. I, sure. I think you got to go with the – anytime a number one trick is – Absolutely. number one picks traded, that's big news. I, that's fine. Can we just call it what it was? A, a fleece? fleece? Can we just call it? Because I got to be honest with you, there were three trades that happened this last couple days, and all three were fleece jobs. And this is the first of the three. This is the first domino to fall. This was terrible. (laughs) We'll talk about yours in a minute. Can any of you explain to me like what the Bears were thinking, or rather, excuse me, what the Panthers were thinking? Because the Bears Bears, thinking, "Wow, we're going to be good." The Bears are like, (laughs) "Yes." But what were the Panthers thinking? Because it's you get rid of your best player. Who is their new quarterback intended to throw to? Like, what is the plan? I think I think they throw to jog. Oh, that's a great, great combination. I, I, just you know, I because smoke I, those cornerbacks. I, I don't know who they're actually going to go to. I was very like, confused when I saw this. I, I you mean, know, 
<laughs> I knew Chicago was going to trade the pick because it didn't. Yeah, it didn't make yeah. sense for them to to use it because well, they, they like Fields, and I can't blame them. I think Fields yeah. is going to be a really good quarterback. And this and, is this is the year to prove if he's good or not. He's going to. They could have gotten everything they gotten without DJ Moore. I feel like the Bears are just like, you know what? We want DJ Moore too, and the oh, Panthers John, are like, all right. I feel I like guess. I I feel like the Panthers are like, you know what? Do you want DJ Moore too to really sweeten this deal? And they were like, uh, yeah, we do. That sounds great. And they're like, like, okay, done deal. Jacob would trade in fantasy football. That's what. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. I would just get whatever I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it might be like a draft day. You know, when Kevin Costner's like, you know, what else do we need? Uh, Throw that in. You know, (laughs) and just (laughs) throw it in there. That's what it is. It was ridiculous. Look again, the Bears to me have won the off season so far. They have made great defensive additions as well as this number one overall trade pick is just beautiful. If Justin Fields is their guy, they will know in the next 12 months. By this time next year, you will know for a fact if Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future or not. And the Bears have set themselves up perfectly to figure that out. And worst case scenario, they find out he's not and they figure out what to do next year. They are very much set up to do that. This was absolutely beautiful could not have i couldn't have written wrote like this this trade better if i tried couldn't done it yeah it was it was quite surprising and i wasn't expecting the panthers to be the one making this move so that to me was even more shocking than what they gave up yeah (sighs) they drafted a quarterback last year i don't really not that i'm high on matt corral but they drafted. no he's already they're already uh looking to trade him I know, but that's what I'm saying. They're already they're just, looking to trade him. No, so I, obviously they are, but that's what I'm saying. It's just yeah. like the return they're going to get on him is going to be nothing probably because he's an unproven commodity. So you yeah. just – they, they put themselves in a very precarious position. I'm not really sure what their plan is. But whatever. Well, it's different regimes too. Uh, it's all David Tepper. Come on. Yeah. He's an impatient owner that needs to win, yeah. and this is just not going to end, end well. So um, – all right, JB, which trade do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about ours or John's? I think we got to do Jalen Ramsey. Okay. Because uh, to me, that, that's the next Cause, deal. Because this it, was the next. In, in Disgusting. Order, in order of the the fleecing, you know, yeah. I think I, I Waller is a great trade. but We'll, we'll talk Ramsey, about that in a minute. Well, yeah. Well, let's start with Jalen I mean, Ramsey, on. though. That, that is a phenomenal. John, just. Yeah, I mean. When I when I got the news that he was being traded to us, I was like, ah man. First thing I thought was, who did we yeah. give up? Because I was waiting for one of our best players to be like Nothing. traded back to them, like Christian Wilkins or something, and a pit and picks. I was like, man, they we had to have given up a lot, and that said a third and a backup tight end, and I'm yeah. like, that's it. A tight like, end that was never going to touch the field. Never going to touch the field. Uh, like, is that's it? That's yeah. all we gave up for an all-pro cornerback who's only 28 years old. And he and did oh, have he a, was a top five. I mean, he's been a top five corner, like, basically his whole career. I, I understand last watch, season yeah, was not like, as The great. Rams were a dumpster fire. Like, he was out on an island by himself the whole season. Yeah. Like, but he's going to be in a zone scheme. He's not going to be playing man-to-man. So he'll be fine. With Xavier Howard on the other side. These yeah, are two guys no, that are all pro corners. 
And you, all pro corners don't just grow on trees, man. Like, no, no, they you don't. don't have that. What nine Pro Bowl selections between them? I think like five All Pro selections between the two of them. <laughs> it's pretty good. Like, and and you're pairing them up for a third round pick and a backup tight end. I mean, they, the, the only Rams thing I'll tell you, John, I don't know same... what the Rams no, are thinking. So I'll tell you what I think they're doing. They're loading up on offense because well, they're dumping they're dumping salaries with their doing. Tearing well, it down, tearing it all down, just, letting it burn. Just and you got to get rid of AD. I was no, I was I, I love listening to Colin Coward. I think he's a ridiculously smart guy, and I think he makes what him, I I love listening. To, I think smart? he's phenomenal. Absolutely, I think he's absolutely, and I think he made a great point. The reason there's two reasons this is happening. He number one, satellite sports. <laughs> number one is because Sean McVay is taking more wow. control, which 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 I can tell you we saw that. La- and again, these are all his points, but I agree. Last year, he threatened to retire. They paid him a lot of money to keep him around. This year, he threatened to retire again. He was like, oh, I don't know if he's going to retire. This is just uncalled for. I, this is, I don't, I don't what, get you. What is what the Colin is, Coward hate? I don't This really is an attack on, on Jake personally. I will not stand for it. I don't he really know what I do. great points right now. And I'm, and I'm, again, these are Colin Coward points that I very much, you know, latched onto and said these are really good points. Um, but anyway, I, I think Sean McVay is saying, look, my offense was a dumpster fire last year. I need to, this, this needs to improve. And so he's realizing, and this is the second point that Coward made, and I, again, I completely agreed, was look at the last teams to win the Super Bowl and look at their defenses. Defenses, I know the saying is defense wins championships. And yes, you need a defense that plays timely. But if you look at the last teams to win the stoop, you know, the Super Bowl recently, besides the Bucks against the Chiefs, these defenses haven't been all world. You know, look at this last year. Who had the better defense, Eagles or Chiefs? There's not a question that the Eagles had the better defense, right? We all agree on that. The Chiefs defense was actually pretty good statistically. I, that's, not, that's not what I said. But they, they weren't the, the best defense they, or the top five. In right. The Exactly. The Chiefs the Chiefs were not like the, this all-pro defense. And what happened? They still managed to win. Okay, we go back another year. Again, was the defense elite by the Bengals or the Rams? No, they were no. They were, the Rams had a solid core and the Bengals got hot, but they weren't this phenomenal unit. It, you know, you go back 5 years, the only defense in the past 5 years just to, you know, keep it short were the Bucks when they beat uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's it. A lot of defenses haven't been that good. So I think, you know, the point of all this is that Sean McVay realizes I don't need all world talent everywhere. I need key guys that I can trust to make plays, but I don't need to spend 20 plus million on one player. That's it's, it's not going to be the end all be all Jalen Ramsey is not going to be the end all be all for the Rams, but if you get a guy to pair with Cooper cup. I think that is an end all be all kind of thing. Well, the, the, the way that they had their team structured was unsustainable. Who's throwing them the ball, Jake? They're trying to un- trade Matt Stafford. It was unsustainable, unsustainable to keep the team the yep. way that they had it. They had Absolutely. a restart, and you know that was that was a big part of the move. Ramsey was making too. It's much. a retooling move. You know you have you have to do it. And there's going to be more pieces that that you know trade places out of the Rams before it's all said and done. But let's, no, let's they're not done. From, let's move from the the Rams to. The trade that I'm excited about. I the love Giants this. getting Waller. Yeah. Know, I don't know. I, I've been a Giant fan you know, forever. And the last decade has been miserable. We had 
two good years over the last decade. Yep. And last year, we'll see how if it was a true thing or you know it was a fluke like happened before. Right. But they're making moves that are that show that they want to win and that they're thinking about what they need to do. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm not thrilled with the the Daniel Jones contract, but no. they're they're bringing in a top tier tight end. Yeah. You if know, he's they, healthy, which is my only concern. Yes. But, you know, do you do any of you know what pick was traded to get Darren Waller? Does anybody know? Third rounder. And do you know what number pick that was by chance? I do not. It was pick number 100. And does anybody know what other trade that was involved in? Uh, the uh, Kadarius Tony trade. Yes. Yeah. So basically what the Giants just did, even though everybody laughed at them for trading Kadarius Tony, they've now traded Kadarius Tony, who didn't want to be in New York to begin with, and basically just flipped it for a sixth-round pick and Darren Waller. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. I think the Giants and Joe Shane, good job. Yeah. Good, I'll do good that. work, boys. I'll do that all day if you could yeah. do that. I mean, yeah. Hands down. I, I did the same thing when I when you guys told me he was traded. I was like, all right, what did the Giants give up? Because it had to have been a lot. Yeah. And it was only a third round pick. And I'm like, again, it was the it. pick that we got for getting rid of Tony, who didn't want to be here anyway. That, that's one of the best tight ends in football. It's an all pro tight yeah. end. As long as like, he's healthy. That's really yeah. what it comes down to is if he is healthy. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. Some of these but, trades, I don't understand what the GMs are thinking. Well, the only thing is I like that San Diego State kid that's at the Giants as a tight end. Which one? Is that Bellinger? Is that Bellinger? Bellinger. Or, or, yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's funny we traded for Waller. I know everybody's like, oh, you need a tight end. I'm like, well, we can run two tight ends because I kind of yes. like I kind of like Bellinger. I admittedly watched him all year on. He was, he was pretty really good. good. And him and Daniel Jones have got a connection going. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was good and you can run two tight ends and then run Barkley. Yeah. And it's not a horrible thing, you know. No. Yeah, you, you got two. You got two dinks. I mean, uh, RPO. I'm mean, kidding. Yeah. you got to respect and, the run, and and you got two. You got a, like a short dink because you know Bellinger's slow, and then you got yeah, Waller, yeah. Who, who's, a, who's just a big receiver. He's just a a, two athletic tight, tight ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Sterling Shepard is back, which is nice. Again, I, I, nothing special and flashy, but Daniel Jones likes him, which is really what matters. You, you want to surround your quarterback with guys he likes. Wondell Robinson hopefully will be healthy. I would like a better receiving core, but it's starting to mold itself for JB. I think you agree. It's like, okay, the, the wheels are turning. Relevant. Yeah. Like, going to be and, relevant. That's and what and it if Daniel Jones like. sucks, then I'm going to turn around and go, you have no more excuses because assuming everybody's healthy, you've got one of the best tight ends in football. You've got one of the best running backs in football. You've got a great set of legs. You have receivers that you trust well, and you're good with. You said he has a great set of legs. Yes, I he can run. I would. Oh, rather oh okay. Have, I, I thought you meant like you thought he has nice legs. I would have rather have written a two hundred and fifty two hundred and fifty million dollar offer sheet to Lamar Jackson. I don't disagree. And done, and done everything we've done, and I think we're you know winning the division. I don't disagree. But but we're we're all we, we're here now, so whatever. But you know it, it's. It's not the worst thing. Um, and this is the last thing that I want to touch on in this. And it's funny that a tweet just came up. I was thinking about it, but somebody just tweeted it again. Um, if Darren Waller continues to be as great as he is, he will be the greatest tight end in Giants history numbers-wise. Because the tweet that just came up, which is what I was thinking about, as like I said, Waller has two seasons with at least 1,000 receiving yards in his career 
every other Giants tight end in franchise history has combined for such seasons with the team. Mark Bavaro in 96 and 86. That's it. We're not a very good uh, tight end team. So it'll be nice to have like an elite level talent at tight end. Shockey oh. was not pretty that, good. I was going to say, not that Shockey or Bavaro there. were not great tight ends, no, but no, it'll no, be nice. They, like, this is ironic. They didn't have the longevity. Come. No. And so that, that if he stays problem. healthy, he could become the greatest Giants tight end vir- by virtue of like just having Two a couple of seasons. seasons. Two and yeah, and really. Seasons. That's it. Like, not much. <laughs> and, and, you know, and now that we're talking about this, and then I want to move on to our last topic. The really great thing I love that Waller, he's under control for the next couple seasons as well, which makes us even better for the Giants. If he's healthy and he's playing well, it's not like we need to re-sign him next year or the year after. I think he's under contract for another three or four years. This is a really smart move for building that future out. So, I, again, really, really love that kind of stuff right there. No, I have um, nothing, nothing but positive to say so far. That was a phenomenal move. Now we draft. All right, last topic we got to hit. I am. I don't know where to start, and I'm trying to keep it brief. I'm sick no. of Aaron Rodgers. I want him to retire or shut his mouth, because wow, look, neither's gonna, gonna happen. Neither's gonna happen. JB knows. JB knows, and John know. I am a fan of Aaron Rodgers. His play style, I enjoy watching him. I think he's a phenomenal guy. But oh my god. For, this is like the third or fourth time now, it feels like. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to come back or I'm going to retire. It's like, Only I can get it's, worse. Not an easy de- it's not an easy decision, Only but my dude. Get worse. Just wait. Please. Wait till stop. tomorrow when it's all done and he's a Jet. You are going to see nothing but Aaron Rodgers till January. It's, Thankfully, but, but it's 2023. And there's no more newspapers like there was because every, every page I, of the newspaper would be, Aaron Rodgers woke up this morning. Aaron Rodgers had eggs for breakfast. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers took a piss at 6 a.m. and 35 you know. seconds. Hey, like Jake, here's a Jake, here's the good news. A- after one year with the Jets, you'll get what you're what you want. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I quit. I quit. <laughs> I hope so. And, and you know, the thing that came out today that I think probably bothers me the most. I get he's got to make a decision, and I don't like that it's dragging, but whatever. I don't like that he has basically told the Jets, I haven't signed with you I'm, or I've been traded to. I'm not really sure what I want to do with my future, but I want you to go after these key list of free agents, and then maybe I'll come. They're just building the Packers' offense all over again yep. and adding OBJ. They're putting Mercedes Lewis. They're putting Alan Lazard, yep. Randall Cobb. I mean – Aaron, you have a better team in Green Bay. Just ask Green Bay to do that and shut your mouth. <laughs> they did what do that last year. They did do I that. Know. They went and got Randall well, Cobb. They have Mercedes. I hope that. The only thing but, they don't have is OBJ. They did that last year when he asked like, for the demand. That's what I'm saying. What is, what is the point of going to the Jets uh, and saying, I need you to get all these guys right now? Well, what's the point? Just ask Green Bay feel- to do it. They've been bending over backwards for you for almost 20 years. This is what Aaron Rodgers does to teams. I know. He's done this to Green Bay the last two years. I know. It's terrible. You know, and and that's part of the problem why they couldn't really win. You know, he had no chemistry with his offense. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure Dave, out of of all of us, can explain how important it is to have your leaders there with you, you know, to practice. 
Right. Yeah. Well, and just in, in the continuity and, and the, you know, the scuttlebutt, whatever it is. Uh, and, and then guys get a little irked, you know, so my second season, we had three of the starting offensive linemen hold out. Oh, you know how many reps I had to take? <laughs> no, wow. I, I want a walking bandage, man. You know, wow. and I paid for Chuck Knox for doing three days, you know, with, with four offensive linemen or whatever the heck it was. Dave, it's a miracle you're still here talking about it. <laughs> it, was, it was brutal. So, yeah, but, you know, all, all that all that distraction stuff, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I, and, and, but, you know, three decades removed. But it's it's got to be a little tiresome, too, you know. Uh, it's like, all right, already, man. We, are we going to try and win? Are we going to try and do this? Are we going to try and win something? You know, are we going to try and do something? Or, or are you going to try and squeeze another $5 million out of your, you know, yeah. $50 million contract, $80 million, whatever yeah. ludicrous money they're making now? Um it isn't positive, you know. No. How do you feel if you're the uh, the receivers on the Jets currently? The that's... only one there that's going to be there is Garrett Wilson because, oh, hey, if I come to your team, I, I want, want all my these guys. receivers. Okay, well, that means all the Jets receivers, you're not good enough for Aaron Rodgers, except Garrett yep. Wilson, who was, who was rookie of the year. Right. Unless you're him. You're not good enough for me. So Which get the hell just, off my team. I want my guys. How do you think that of, that resonates with players on the Jets? That a guy that's not it? even on the team is demanding guy basically, hey, get yeah. off the team that I'm not on yet. It's a wish list. Like really what it is, it's a demand list. Do it or I'm not gonna if, show up. If I was period. on the Jets, I mean I would feel some kind of way. Like even if I wasn't one of the yeah. receivers, like you're demanding one of my teammates get the hell out of here just so you can come and play on my team. Like you're not even here. You're not even one of us. Like I would feel some kind of way if, if I'm a Jet player. Right Just now. wait. Monday Night Football. New England or Miami beats the Jets in a game where Aaron Rodgers throws one of his rare interceptions because he doesn't throw a lot, but he happens to throw it. Just wait to see the media reaction and to it, hear the the brouhaha. Dave, I, I mean, like that has to be crappy to like in a locker room right i'll tell you so when when my uh my first year in seattle you know brian bosworth had just written a book calling out yep. the offensive lineman and and you know pretty much stating that u dub's offensive line was better than than the seahawks and uh and, and i was sitting at a table with brian when he's trying to make amends with these guys yeah. you know and and they would let him buy beer but as soon as he left man they didn't want nothing to do with that dude you know, you, yeah. mean, you can't you can't call out your teammates. It's just like you know, that's a pretty. They're not even his teammates. You're telling Aaron Rodgers coming in. Well, what what if they don't make those trades and those cats are still there? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, well, yeah. You know, hey, how many balls do you think they'll drop? You know, or whatever. Just like an you offensive know? lineman where he doesn't like the quarterback, he just ole, oh really? <laughs> you got something to say about me? Ole. <laughs> think, just think about this too. And I was thinking about this. Two things. A. What if the Jets go and get these guys, and then Aaron Rodgers turns around and goes, "Yeah, you know what? I'm not interested anyway." And then that leads into my next question: What do the Jets do? There's Lamar. nobody. They are like Lamar. dead in the water. It, they're going to pay a lot. It's you think they want to pay choice. for him? I don't think they they're will. Pay, they're paying for Rodgers. You pay for Lamar. Yeah, it's yeah. different. Two first and, 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 I, and over 200 million and guaranteed. That's that's exactly what it is. Thank I you. get wow. it, but. But you're in a corner now, so you got nothing else to do. Yeah, but you you, you bring in an old quarterback and his old receiver buddies that he just likes to throw the ball to, and then he leaves, and all he got is a bunch of old receivers. You know, Lamar's <laughs> not going to want to go there. He goes, I'm going to throw to some guys that can actually run. 
Yep. I think we need to change Aaron Rodgers' name to Brett Favre 2.0 and just call it a day. Just that's it. Just 2.0. We just call him 2.0. Just well, 2.0. You know, Beautiful. 2.0. Thank you. And, and unfortunately, that's what this is. It's the same sad story. And the Jets didn't you didn't know, work out last time. So you know who wins the Whatever. most out of this? Everybody Packers else. Fans. No, the Packer sure. fans, because they can yeah. start this rebuild that they need to because they haven't won a they won yeah. one Super Bowl right. Rodgers. You're right. You're so right. It's time Denzel, to rebuild to get over it. Denzel said that Denver sent Nathaniel Hackett to Laura Rod last year. Yep. Guess what the Jets did? Guess who's their offensive coordinator? Uh-huh. Nathaniel Hackett. Absolutely. They signed him in January to Laura Aaron Rodgers, just like it's they signed same Alan Lazard. Sad story. Signed Aaron Lazard today <laughs> to Laura Aaron Rodgers. Like it's the same sad story. What it if is. he ends up I know. Not wanting to go there. I mean, you know what? It's man, none of our problems. But on that note, we got to wrap up. So very quickly, everybody, let's go around and then let's wrap this up. JB, you want to start? JB on John, the program. Watch Cup Financial tomorrow at ten. Beautiful. Thirteen. Beautiful, Dave. I'm Dave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you're the president. Me. Of the NFLPA out in Orange hey, he's just John. John, he's just hey, Dave, and let and, him be just Dave. Monday. We Monday, he's got you know the charity golf tournament. For yeah, the big tournament. Yeah, yeah, we, got, we have, we have uh, Anthony Munoz. Uh, we have just studs. Uh, um, Jesse Sapolo. We have guys coming in from all over the country to play. Christian Nicoye, we just booked, and uh, Andre Reed. Uh, I think since the last time we talked to you guys, so it's turned out to be awesome. a, a fantastic deal and. And I did happen to, uh, you can't tell I'm not really TM. I spent the last four days in Maui with the NFLPA leadership um, and was just voted in as an uh, advisory board member for the yes. NFLPA, helping us all guys find out about our benefits and what we're doing. So good things are happening. But at the end of the day, I'm just Dave. <laughs> and you guys can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Malik and all the stuff as you see across the bottom of your screen. But on that note, we will see you next week. And everybody have a good one. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.